Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Expanse, Season 2, Episode 8, it's called Pyre, full spoilers for the episode as always. Man, Episode 8 already. I know, I'm glad there's more than 10 this year. Oh, <laughs> me too. We'd, we'd be so close, to, I mean it'd probably just be a double finale next week if it was only 10. And that'd be yeah, it. that would be. We'd be done. Man, that'd be so disappointing, wouldn't I it? I know, but we, we got up to 13 this year, so it's got a few, few more left. Uh, but yeah, it's been in super quick. So I guess the biggest thing in this episode is we're introduced, I mean, not the biggest thing maybe, but we're introduced to a new character, uh, Dr. Mm. Meng, who was on Ganymede. And it was funny actually, because it opens with this this sort of very uh, dreamlike scene of, he's a, he's a botanist, we find that out later as we go yeah. on, but he's, he's working with plants in the sort of the dome, the biodome. And he's got this little girl. And I'm not going to lie, for, for the first minute, I thought this was a flashback. And I thought it mm. was uh, a younger Mao and young Julie when she was a kid. Yeah, I was wondering if, if, if it was something like that as well. Yeah. I was like, this feels like it's o- obviously, someone we're meant to know already. Yeah, obviously, as soon as we've seen the thing falling, it's, oh, this is Ganymede, this is present, yeah, this yeah. isn't them. Uh, but you know, I thought they'd cast a different actor to play a younger version of him. And this was young, supposed to be young Julie as a kid. Uh, but no, he's just someone we don't know yet. And we see him on a refugee ship that we heard about uh, last time. He's on a refugee ship and he's with this other woman that he worked with, an old doctor. And he finds out that the his daughter was at the doctor's and the main part of the, the mirror crashed mm. on that and he thinks his daughter's dead. So he's very emotional. And at least up until this point in the episode, it was very... It was humanising what was going on. This was like the, the on-the-ground innocent people who were being affected by it. Was, obviously, there's yeah. more to it than that, but it, this is where it was at this point. And it was working yeah. fairly well. It was very sombre, wasn't it? Very sombre, uh, and it felt like in times of war you get this type of situation where there's these innocent people who are refugees uh, without a home, and it kind of felt like that. Uh, and the, the the woman that he's with, that he worked with, tries to convince him, come back to Mars with me, now that you've got no place to go, you grew up in Ganymede, you come back to Mars. And she even sort of goes through his hand at one point, as if there maybe was a possibility of a romance that hadn't started yet. Cause, yeah. And I know there wasn't before, because she called him Dr. Meng. That's how she phrased it. So it wasn't like it was his girlfriend or something like that. Or he's, yeah. Uh, but that takes a dark twist. Uh, you actually, you get a little bit of an arc where he actually decides at the last second to go with her because the, the ship that is coming to take the people who are going to Earth and Mars is apparently here. And they mm-hmm. all go off, and he, at the last minute, he gets up and he says, you know, we're going to be competing for the same job, because she was saying earlier, oh, we can get jobs, is what we do on Mars. And they lead everyone into this, into this, what is supposed to be like, well, it is the airlock, it's the connection yeah. airlock that would be connected to the ship, but of course... Kind of like the, the pressurization chamber. Yeah, and the guy who's running the ship, the the belter, stops him and says, no, nope, inners only, you're, you're not allowed and she's about to stay as well and he's like no it's fine i can i'll meet you later you know i'll go wherever i need to go and then i'll I'll meet you on mars later and that's this great thing it's door shuts and the guy's like all right uh turning the the gravity off uh go in zero g for the the transfer and this beautiful moment where they all start floating and he floats as well because he's not getting any mag boots on and they put their hands in the glass and as soon as this this sort of started and it was kind of beautiful like she's a goner this can't last, can it? Not on this show. No, and it was funny because even before the scene started, I I actually was thinking throughout the episode, both of these characters are not going to make it, uh, and probably her that's going to die because I feel like we've been introduced more to him than her. She she's here to aid his story. Interestingly, which is I thought he might be the one to die, so they'd swerve us, like as we as connected to him. Yeah. 
and it's like, oh, that's the swerve, yeah. I, I could see that, yeah. Especially when we find out his daughter might still be alive. I could see if it was her that was alive that she would feel the, the need to go and look for herself because yeah. of it because of the friendship and whatever. Uh, but no, she, she dies, and it's a really sick death as well. Uh, they just open their lock, and all these people... And you find out it was basically racial purging. The Belters... Yeah, didn't see, want anyone from Earth or Mars. Yeah, and we, we see the, uh, the... Obviously, the other sides of this, we see more of a revolution kind of rising uh, on Tycho, and we'll get to that in a minute, but that's what this is. It's just this act of complete... Yeah, and uh, it has this... this hauntingly beautiful mournful piano piece over it yeah it's just uh, fantastic it's beautiful in a dark way obviously yeah. but uh, and you see her out there th- and that's what I love is you see her freeze to death and you see the other bodies floating around in space mm. but I love this thing where you see the last breath that comes from her body because you don't just instantly die in space you, you, you would be your body would still technically be alive for however long very briefly yeah. briefly briefly but you see her her last breath exhale uh, yeah. and she's floating out in space uh, and she's frozen, she's basically already dead but there's just a little bit of oxygen just, well not oxygen, yeah. but whatever whatever's coming out uh, but yeah, it's just and then, and then you have the, the guy who opened the airlock who stopped him getting on, he's like, basically like hey, aren't you glad I stopped you getting in there <laughs> yeah, he's it, like, hey, you owe me one almost. Yeah, you should thank me. And it's like, no, no, because no. what this is clearly showing, it's this whole, these two people don't care that one of them's a Earther or a, Mar- a Martian and the other's a Bella. They don't care. They're just two people who like each other. That's all this is. Yeah. And it's people being ripped apart because of bullshit rules or bullshit ideologies that are just, mm-hmm. just created in hate. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, expands as it often does, makes, makes a wonderful point. Uh, of course, he still he gets to Taiko afterwards, and his his path does intersect, of course, with other characters once he gets there. So we'll jump off from him just now. But I will say, I think it did a really good job of introducing us to a new character who seemingly will be a a relatively big player for a while at least. Yeah, that was the bulk of like maybe the first third or so of the episode was his stuff. So I felt like we got a really good connection to him through that. Yeah, and. I mean, it was already tragic enough with his daughter, who we thought was dead. And okay, she might be, a bit of hope, she might be alive. But this death of this other woman and him witnessing it in this such a tragic way gives him his tragedy. It gives him because because even at that point, before we found out that his daughter might be alive, I thought if he does meet up with our team at some point, this just gave him a reason to fight. Yeah, do you know the bit that really like drove it home for me? Mm. So when he got to Tycho and he goes up to the uh, the the authorities and he's like, "Hey, someone just dumped these all out of the airlock." And then the woman's just like, yeah, well, you got you got name, you got ship, anything. It's like, no, I no, can't remember. It's like, well, what can I do then? Yeah, well, she's right. She needs information. Well, well but... yeah, but it's so cold the oh, way she yeah. handles it. She's like, eh, not my problem, basically. It's actually one of the most interesting things I thought about this episode is that it's really setting up this idea that, okay, the OPA are the extremists. They're the, what you would call the terrorist cells, if you will, to go, yes. go really extreme with the terminology. But then you've got these regular people in the same group of people, the Belters, who yes. don't want this, and he's clearly shocked by this, and it's violent to him. Uh, Drummer, as we see later on, is not just drop everything and align with the OPA. In fact, it's funny because last week, uh, Drummer and Dawes had that moment, and we it turns out the the, the pompa, the papa uh, word uh, didn't mean father, which we kind of jumped. I to. think we maybe misheard. It. I think it's that accent, to be honest. Yeah, to, that to he be, does. To be fair, I heard it as papa, which is why I thought. Father. That's why I, I thought he said like yeah. papa as well, like 
but in the accent, yeah. and you just misheard it a little bit. It wasn't. Uh, well, it's funny, actually. It didn't actually matter, because we'd already heard it when uh, Dawes called Johnson the big screen. But when we see the the other OPA people here in the underground, uh, on, on one of the... Well, I say underground, it's not ground, but you know what I mean. Uh, and the, the, with cameras going down the shaft, and it's sort of like, you hear it in the distance, I'm like, the accent's great, and I love that they've got a unique accent that they've made for this, but it's actually really hard to understand when it's like over comms, and it's like kind of not perfect. It's because we're not... It, it's really hard to uh, Fill in the associate banks. something. Yeah, because obviously you're not familiar with it. It's kind of yeah. like how we get sometimes with some some American audiences uh, in comments. We've we've had mm. people go, "Hey, your accents be a bit hard to understand at times." It, like with anything, you just get used to it, and I feel like I've gotten more used to it as the shows went on. But it's just the kind of thing where it's obviously it didn't matter here. They, they knew that we'd already heard it, so we didn't have to yes. make it out clearly. So it didn't it didn't matter at yeah. all. Uh, but it's just kind of that kind of thing. But yeah, that, that's idea. You've got the extremists, and you've got the the belters who aren't the extremists, and you've got Fred Johnson, who isn't actually a belter, obviously, but he's fighting for the belters. But he's he's trying to avoid conflict. He's trying to avoid the escalation of conflict at every t- chance he gets. Yeah. Uh, and it's all very interesting. That stuff's really become a big part of the show, and I think actually seeing the the OPA revolution sort of start to unfold mm, is very uh, interesting, isn't it? It's the, fascinating to watch. It's it's kind of like OPA versus Fred, but also versus Earth and Mars at the same time. They're taking on everyone at once, basically. Yeah, and then you, you've got like uh, Naomi's caught in this weird place in the middle. She's not happy that she had to hold a gun to Diogo. She you know gives Alex shit for it at the start of the episode. And she's very conflicted. By the way, she's shitting herself when she finds out. Oh, uh, the scientist dude was—he uh, was sensing. He was talking to more proto molecule, mm. and she goes and she sneaks off and she's checking like frantically. Is yep. it? Is it the one I hid? Turns out it's not. Turns out mm. it was coming from Ganymede, and that kind of makes sense given what we've seen. We've seen the the being, yeah, that looked very proto molecule esque. Yeah, I think that kind of confirms our suspicions there. To, to, uh, to an extent, all they could still swerve us. It's not. The they th- could. They could. Maybe the first time. All right, it was it was another piece of evidence sure. to our theory. Sure, sure. Uh, if we're scientists, this is another piece of evidence to our theorem. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So, you, so you had this this OPA revolution kind of starting up, and we had to the point where the sort of main OPA guy we've been seeing uh, leads a little group. Uh, there's we do find out there's a traitor in the the command deck on the bridge of the Tycho, and they. Shocking. Shot, I know, uh, but they, they lead a little assault and they kill some people and they're very ruthless about it. It's very, very cold and sadistic. So quick as well. It's so just instant calculation. There's no emotion in it. It just feels like this is just what they're doing. Yeah, and he shoots drummer. He tries to like use that to convince Fred to get the launch codes. And actually, I really like that. Like Alex stumbles upon this is happening because Naomi had like a a monitoring station set up for the for the missiles to make sure nothing funny was going on, and I actually like how simple the fix was for this. They have they have uh, Amos, and we'll talk more about Amos. Mm-hmm. They have Amos go go walking outside the station with his mag boots and mag gloves. They have mag gloves too, which makes sense, but we've not seen that before. I don't think. Yeah, don't remember it anyway. I, I don't recall them. And he just shuts off the oxygen. Easy, they'll fall asleep, and then they go in. And by the way, don't piss off Drummer, because she will execute you on sight. Oh, that was terrifying, because Alex was, you know, like, helping her out, and she was like... And you, you thought know, she was we'll, going to go we'll, PA? You thought she was going to swear? I wasn't entirely sure where it was going. He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get you there. I know you can't walk. We'll get you to the med bay. It'll be fine. Mm. And she just pushes him away, 
executes the two guys and just storms off. And it's like, she is terrifying. She's a badass. I actually, I think Drummer is a lot more interesting after this episode. Definitely. I, I think her loyalty, her, the fact that she was with Dawes and worked with Dawes, but switched to Fred because she could see what Dawes was and who he is. Uh, like when she's talking about when they met Fred and Dawes has this, this unique way of looking at the world and she can see and it's almost like Naomi's kind of still blinded by it she's still kind of like in awe of him yeah. do you know what makes me really interested as well obviously last episode we had uh, Fred promoting Dawes to you know being oh you, you should be the head of this and you can just see in her mind going what, what are you doing like, like oh, it, you've got to think that's what's going through her head it's like hey I know what he's like. That's why I'm here in the first place. But again, it shows that, I mean, she, she looks like hardcore OPA. She's got the action. She's got the tattoos. She, mm. Everything about her. And it shows that not everyone who's part of what you would classify a group think, thinking the same way. Again, yeah, it's very there's, there's, there's factions within the faction. Yeah, and it's it's not a sense that every it's not a hive mind that people are different, and yes. the extremists extremists are louder, and they make everyone think that's what that group of people is. Again, very topical, very mm-hmm. social, uh, great stuff hitting all these points. What good science fiction does, and yes. this is this is hitting a lot of very current uh, topics and issues with the, what it's exploring. Great stuff. Uh, so yeah, speaking of Naomi, Naomi and Holden's little bit at the end, which I loved that uh, Holden got pissed off when he got interrupted because uh, he had to call Fred, uh, who, who by the way is uh, saying they're not welcome back because he, ke- he keeps refilling their ship and giving them food. And well, well, unless they bring him the pro molecule, <laughs> unless they bring the full molecule, which in a weird way I can see them kind of ending up doing. Yeah, maybe like, look, this is the only way we can do anything. I, I think they'll make the choice to go back. I don't know what will cause it, but something will cause them to go. I, I'm just, it's a guess. Mm. I, I really don't know. People have but, read the but books. But like, Hol- like Holden says, hey, do you really think you're going to be in charge? Now, That's just true. I think he might be. I think Fred's going to He's going to put up a hell of a fight because this is he what might. he's built. He might. But he might not win it. I also think, you know, they've already, st- oh, we didn't see a Vassarala this episode, but I also, oh, I'm, they've, they've Started there's an established link between them yeah. now. They've spoken to each other over comms, uh, even if it was delayed. I think, but yeah, yeah. I, I wonder want... if the OPA will use that to kind of discredit him. Possibly, but I'm also wondering if Vassarala will use that to make him more of an agent for her. If they see they've got a similar goal, because she doesn't want things to escalate. She she also is trying to not have a war yeah. with Mars on Earth. Uh, so I'm wondering if they will end up being more of a partnership at some point going forward. Will their goals align? Uh, going back to that moment with uh, the sort of romantic moment with uh, yes. Holden and uh, Nomi, I really like that she like she questions though, because he was going to go and assassinate the scientist so that mm. no one could get the protomolecule. He was going to go and do it cold. And she calls him out and says, that's not you. And he brings up Miller. He's like, well, you defended Miller doing it. What was different about me? He's like, it's different because it's you. You're not a killer. You know, it's the... It's You're almost, the hero. You can't be the killer. You've got to be better than that. Yeah, it's it's the no Batman. You can't cross that line because you you're not that person. But Catwoman, yeah, she'll go and snap the guy's neck or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really a Wonder Woman reference. I mix my words, but only fans of the comics will know that I made that mistake. But I've pointed it out because I'm an honest person. Mm. I'm an honest person. Okay. Aye, right, good for you. But anyway, I like that moment because she called him out, and she's right. She, that yeah. isn't him. Go back to the start of the show. He he's the moral compass up into a point until shit's gotten too bad. But he's he's started to like break him. He's started to get a bit more hard headed, and he's had to kind of. I think even even just this season, his reaction when Miller shot the guy. Yeah. 
and then to now where he was considering yeah. doing it himself in absolute cold blood, not even in the moment. Yeah, uh, it's total arc, and it's there. And when he says, I need you to remind me and bring me back, it's like him realising that he has like lost where he was. It's lo- he's lost mm-hmm. who he was. And uh, for me, that's a big character moment. And, and, it, and it also adds to it when he's like, yeah, no more secrets, and you just see her face. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like um, you, you might want to tell him. It's just like this is coming out sooner rather than later. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is going to blow up in it's, your face. This is going to come out just when it's been long enough that it'll hurt. Like that, that he did that she didn't tell him the secret. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. And they say I love you for the first time. Yeah. By the way, in this scene, and uh, which was nice because they've been so bitchy towards each other the last. It is, and episodes. it's kind of bittersweet as well in that the fact that this scene is oh no secrets, I love you, but then she's holding something back. She's the one with the secret. She's yeah. She, she was pissed at him for not telling him about the proto molecule, and I'm like, what's the exact thing you're not telling him about? Ah, uh, yeah, I know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, mm. get off your high horse. Get off the high horse, and but she's—you can see it in her face. She knows. She knows she's messed up. She knows up. she's doing it but wrong. Yeah. If she just tells him now, she, he's still going to be pissed. Now, admittedly, telling him now is much better than finding out later when it has to come out. It's—it's—it's it's already too late, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's like it's—it's it's, the moment's already passed. It's like she just has to hope it doesn't come out now, which inevitably it will. It will. Yeah. But she has to just hope. Hmm. Uh, Amos. Not talked about Amos. No, no, we haven't. Not talked about Amos. So we see him. <laughs> he's he's very sort of standoffish with Alex. Very, oh, he's he's non-caring kind of attitude as he does. Uh, and then he confronts him on the ship because on the Rassi, and he only snaps like because Alex pushes back when he mentions his family. Uh, he almost throws Alex off the off the uh, the ledge. Uh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if that drops big enough to kill him, but it would certainly with a. Hurt. Hurt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, probably some he broken seems bones. even more sociopathic than usual. He does. And we see him just before that. He's looking into what I assume is how to get the procedure done that he was talking to the scientist about. John, there was a point where, with the way he was reacting you thought with, with Alex, I was like, has he already done it? Like, it's just the, the way he is exceptionally blank towards things this episode. Even more so than normal, he seems almost unaware of the pain that he's causing at times. Do you know what I loved about it, though? I loved it after he, he sort of calmed down and he pulled back. and like Because Alex, Alex, obviously, he's angry at him at first, but when he almost like, tries to kill him, he's like, wait, whoa, man, what are you doing? Like We were having a fight, mm. not... This wasn't to the death, it was just an argument. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that he just says, don't make me fight you. I, I don't mm. want to do it, and who would fly the ship as if a knows he's going to win <laughs> yeah yeah and b it's like well this is all there is it's no there's no friendship there's no bond it's just i need you as a well, as a tool essentially yeah there's that but it's that way he's aware that he doesn't care so he's like saying like, i'm warning you like i don't want to fight you but if you make me i will and you will lose kind mm. of thing but what i love about it is the conversation does actually bring up feelings for Alex because he's looking at his photo of his family later and he's like maybe realizing that he has left them so for so long that he has been gone. And from Amos's point of view, I I love the scene at the end and I, we'll talk about why uh, Doctor Meng's on the ship. But Doctor Meng, he's introducing Doctor Meng to the ship and he's like, yeah, blah 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 blah. You, you know, th- this button and Doctor Meng complains, oh you're you're keeping me locked in here. This is how you treat your guests and like your guide again, very cold, very stoic. Yeah. And then he turns around and asks why, or he, not why, he doesn't ask, but he confirms why he's coming with, he's like, oh, so you're coming with us to Ganymede to try and find your little girl. And he says, yeah, and he, he just says, that's a good reason, as he leaves. 
And it's almost like the one thing that kind of gets through to him, because it's the one thing that got through to him in the last episode, is children. Yes. It's like, maybe it's the last time he actually felt stuff, so he understands that part at least. Mm, uh, could be that, yeah. Yeah, so it was just, it was like, oh, for some reason that clicks with him. He, he understands that more than the other stuff. What I really like about it is, is you can read it both ways. Like, he, he is still uncaring. It's like, yeah, that's a good reason for you. I don't care. Or you can take mm. it as, that is a good reason. That's very noble, you know, children, like, like, like we were just saying there. It kind of works both ways, which is why I like it. I think it's exactly both ways. I don't think it's that he necessarily respects it. I think it's the one thing he just understands as an outsider. Mm. Like yeah, it's the one sense. thing he kind of misses, or at least remembers having. So he misses, like being a kid. So yeah, I think he, I think he looks at it from a, a third perspective, almost right. Mm. And he accepts it's a good reason, even if he doesn't feel it. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That's kind of how I read it, but yeah. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But Amos has got more in. I feel like Amos and Alex. Were, I mean, they were good in the first season, but they didn't have much, as much depth. Whereas I feel like season two has really given them a lot to. It has done so much with them in a different way than I expected as well. Yeah. Because Amos was often just either scary or comic relief in the first one. Yeah. But in this one, he's actually got something to him. Like, yes, he's still both scary and comic relief, both through the sociopathic tendencies, but. They serve a deeper purpose this season. Yeah. Uh, so go back to Dr. Meng and why the, the crew does run into him. So surprisingly quickly. I wasn't expecting it uh, this mm. quick. I was expecting episodes of him on his yeah, own. Especially <laughs> after like last season of, yeah. of how long it took for Mel- the Miller to and even, even uh, Draper, who didn't see this episode. Like Either of you know, those, I was expecting episodes and episodes you know of it. That, that, that reminds me, obviously, no Avasarala, no Draper. Mm. I really like that this show goes, no, they're not needing this episode. We're not going to put mm. them in just for the sake of reminding you that they're there. You know. No, it just goes, no, let's focus on what we need to. Because in a, in a weird way, everything came back to the belt in this. Like, everything was about the OPA, someone who was part of the OPA, someone who was affected by the OPA, and mm-hmm. the OPA after the protomolecule. Like, all of it yeah. linked back into the one thing. So it was very focused in that sense. It didn't muddy the waters with things it didn't need. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that show's been great for that in general. Like, even when we do have other like you know like all the other plot threads they typically do relate to whatever the thing of that episode is it's still always very focused even if it feels like it's almost scattershot at first glance and, and of course you, you like i have every expectation that we'll get a scene that near the start of the next episode someone bursts into vassarella's office something's happened the opa have done this <laughs> like kind of yeah, you know, yeah thing. pretty much and, keeping and, her informed so we know she's up to date with us yeah I, I can almost see like the reaction to something, uh, yeah, uh, something like that. But so they, they're looking for where they, they basically ask the reason why Naomi and uh, Drummer go out to the the satellite thingamajig, the the tower, is because they think they can triangulate where the scientist was looking and hearing this proto molecule from, and they triangulate it, and that's when we find Ganymede. And what I like about that swerve is because we think, oh, she, they're finding hers, like that's that's what yeah, he was talking and to. she's clearly thinking it, yeah. But it's like a really good swerve because it actually makes sense. It's like, oh yeah, it does, that does make sense as well. Yeah, actually. this is so. this is the big event that's kind of kicked off this episode, at least. I mean, obviously, we, we last two episodes, episodes, really. But this episode, specifically, yeah. this is what that everything in this episode was the aftermath to Ganymede. Oh yeah, yeah. it was all a reaction to that event. So they, they track that down and they sort of like, okay, right. So people who worked with the other scientists. They were for this company, and they narrowed it down, and like, who was there on Ganymede from this? Then they narrowed it down, and there was one person. 
I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they're looking for him. Uh, yes. But for some reason, he's only working as a paediatrician. He's just a, you know, just yeah. working doctor, not doing any research, anything like that. So they look at who, who was with them there. And sure enough, uh, Dr. Meng pops up. He And they, he mentioned even that his daughter was seeing the, seeing the doctor. So uh, they find him, and initially he's kind of scared and kind of runs. And it Because tur- the, the tease, they had this thing on him uh, in, a, in a cylinder. cylinder and yeah. there was light, and it was like, oh, what's in there? It doesn't look like the proto molecule, but is it something else? That's the, it turns out it's just, a, it's just a regular plant. He's a soybean, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, obviously he's trying to terraform and things like that and that's that's his purpose but it's just simple it's just what yeah I, I love that scene where they're, they're almost interrogating him and he's just completely broken like he yeah. doesn't know how to react to this and he's just spilling everything and, you know and they're like? like yeah I think he is telling the truth yeah I, I like that they start very sort of almost too aggressive and we've seen what he's went through we, we don't suspect anything I don't think so we're like oh you've been a bit harsh holding back off a bit and as it goes on and they kind of hear more of his story they, they kind of and she even pulls him aside look he, he's either a great liar or he has nothing to do with this he is terrified yeah. and they, they, they pull up the whole uh, the footage of the, the doctor's clinic and they see that the, the, this guy took his daughter away like he knew there was something about to happen like an hour before which I think is interesting because it paints this doctor as not it makes him not entirely evil. He went back and saved this child. I th- I, I don't mean, think it... arguably it's for other sinister purposes. Yeah, I I I think that I I don't think it's. I think this is more of a he wants a girl to either experiment on or probably for some like, something scientific. I, I like the idea that you can at least it can look like it's that there is something redeeming to him. Yeah, but, he, didn't yeah. want the, he didn't want the child the children to suffer. Sure, maybe he knew there was going to be one kid there and he thought, oh crap, I can't let a kid die and he made that choice. I'm leaning towards uh, villainous uh, I'm, I'm also more inclined to think that. I'm just, I'm just putting out there as a possibility. I think that. I, th- I think there's a, there's a chance... And this, the cool thing about this is we, we kind of felt, I think, all season one that Miller's search for Julia was, felt kind of doomed. I didn't really think he was going to find her and she was going to be okay. Yeah, it was it was a lost cause from the start, yeah. wasn't it? And maybe here there is hope. Maybe whatever's going to happen to the girls not happened yet by the time they get there. I wonder if it is just with with Miller and Julie. We kind of because obviously we opened with Julie mm. of the season, and we kind of saw how she was in such a desperate place even from the start. That was like, yeah, this kind of feels like a stretch. Whereas this was with this, we don't really know anything about what's going on beyond what what the characters know. Yeah. So it feels like there is hope in the same way that they have hope, which makes me think that it's probably doomed as well because that's just more crushing. Yeah, because it'll hurt us. But then again, maybe they want to give us one happy ending. Or maybe they, maybe everything else will go to shit. You know, end of the season, proto-molecules are going to take over everything. The, the yeah. human race on multiple planets are doomed, but the dad did get his girl back and that'll be the exactly. one positive. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> maybe. So, so we've got something to root for for this season now. Yeah, there's a, there's a personal thing to root for. It's not just the yeah. saviour of everyone. It's this guy wants his daughter back and yeah uh, and it's impressive that in one little sort of kind of memory slash dream sequence they did enough to make us kind of care like he looks over and he sees her yeah uh, and she's against Jupiter like she's looking at Jupiter and it's a really kind of very mm. very beautiful sort of operatic she's so small she's a small kid anyway but she's so she's dwarfed by Jupiter it makes her feel tiny in yeah. the frame. She, and I think that's, even in this episode, she's just a, a small piece of the puzzle, isn't she? Yeah. Even though, for him, it's just, that is everything. But in, in the grand scheme of things of everything we're looking at in this show, 
even even in this episode, it's just a tiny thing in everything else. But it's the kind of thing like the OPA are treating like there's people and their soldiers like they're they're expendable cannon for they're just part of a number. Mm-hmm. Whereas does this fight from holding in the crew is this fight to save the human race from the proto molecule and wars? Is it worth a goddamn thing? without the people at the centre of it, and is this Dr. May and his daughter the human part of this story? Is this, is exactly. it worth anything if we can't save one dad and one little girl? Yeah. So I think that's, that's why it's working so well for me. I mean, yeah. this obviously this whole relationship, this whole idea is only one episode in. <laughs> I know, which is impressive. That's why it's so good. That's why it's a good show. That, that's why it works so well for me, because it is so simple at its core. It is just, this is the human heart of it. This is the the basic relationship that we have to care about, but yeah. it works. And even in a sort of plot detail kind of function, he's also a guide, as Amos says, that like he can help them navigate yeah. if they do get in past the Martian blockade, can they get in and look around, that kind of thing. Yeah. And he can be of use in that sense as well. So he's got a practical use as well as thematically in storytelling, a good sort of central personal core for the audience to, to root for. Uh, which is why you're probably right, and it's going to end in heartbreak, and it's going to crush us all. I, I think that's just the cynic in me, and this yeah, show has not. Probably. This show hasn't helped me not be a cynic. Yeah, I think the only thing we've really missed is probably the actual Dawes like call where he, he gives his speech to to Johnson. Mm. Uh, it was really good. Felt really big. Felt like almost Star Trek esque the way it came on the big screen at the front of the the bridge. Yeah, I'm really setting up this this rivalry now as well. It's yeah. It's because before it was like this tenuous friend, not friendship, but alliance. But now well, Dawes it, really publicly moved against him. I mean, we even heard the the backstory how he found Johnson. Johnson wanted death. He was like ready for suicide after everything that happened, uh, and he's passed. And he, here, like he's built him back up, but. Johnson's become this person who's trying to fight for this thing, but it's not about war for him. He's seen what war can do. He wants to avoid that. He wants to do things in a different way. And yeah. Dawes, almost egotistical at his core, is like, no, we're gonna we're gonna have a blaze of glory, and yeah. thousands, if not millions, will die. But it'll but be it'll, worth it for for yeah. to get our message across. And and Johnson, who's had to kill people, is like, no, it's not. Yeah. And there you go. That's the. People who never have never—I mean, not not that Dawes has never had to take lives before, because we've seen the AI is willing to do that kind of thing. But people who have perhaps never seen—well, see, he kind of has. Uh, the point I'm making is not working because Dawes has seen the, this stuff. I think it's that Dawes has seen it, but he's always been in control. Mm. Uh, Fred, obviously, he was tricked into what happened for his thing. He he was just—he thought he was doing something noble, but he never was. Whereas I, I th- Dawes has always been aware of exactly what his actions were. I, the point I was trying to make, which isn't going to quite isn't quite working because he has witnessed a lot of it, is yeah. you know rich people raging war who have never actually had to go and take a life themselves, calling the shots. Whereas Johnson has went through that, so he is more fit to lead in that sense because he understands yeah. the weight of the decisions in that sense. Whereas you feel like Dawes is playing, he's playing a game of chess essentially. He's he's, he's playing with pawns, and he, that's mm. maybe. For all the the talk he gives about, oh yeah, you're, you, you, I believe you're with the belt, Johnson, but it's not, and in, in you, you're still an earther, and like I'm truly for the belt and the OPA and all that. And but at your core, you kind of feel like I don't know. There's part of me that feels that this is more of a personal. That that's it, isn't it? He's like, game. yeah, I know you're you're trying to help us, but it feels it's like a personal vendetta, and it's like it is that that extremism, isn't it? Where the the belt for the belt, essentially. But it's really Where just about it, him and his 
Yeah, it's 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 he wants the power, he craves it, and he's enjoying the the moment of it all. I think it's, making, it's actually making me think of Breaking Bad in a weird sense. If pe- people who have seen Breaking Bad and think of a moment in the finale yeah. where Walter yeah, White yeah, admits yeah, no, something, exactly, I knew exactly yeah, what you were saying. Yeah, that that's what that's making me think of, and it's like hmm. But yeah, you can see the parallels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to start calling them uh, Op Heisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Uh, but I, got, I, th- I, think that, I think that's everything. That was a meaty episode. Really yeah, meaty. and I think it was interesting. Obviously, there was no big action set piece in this compared to I think most I, of the last yeah, handful, I, which have had something. I, I think the closest is the sort of the, the seizure of the, the the bridge at the end with the OPA guys, and that was quite tense. It was really tense, and the gunshots were really. It felt it was hard hitting. And we yeah, got the, it was effective, but it was brief compared yeah, got, to what we'd had recently. And we got the Amos spacewalk, so it felt like stuff was building stuff it, but nothing felt wasted it didn't feel like it was a downer episode everything felt important and we've spoke we've spoke for 30 minutes plus minutes here it shows how much there was in there and it's like yeah this is fine it's, it's fine to not have action as long as the drama is action-packed if that makes any sense it, and it absolutely is the, the pacing is immaculate as well because it's just constantly giving you something and then there's something else and then They'll be like, hey, remember this, and it'll bring it back up, but tie it in with whatever else you've been seeing, and it works so well for that. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I, just just to play devil's advocate, if I have to nitpick at all, the only thing that I would still occasionally complain about in this show, obviously, it, maybe it has a weaker episode now and then, it's been a while, I feel like, but uh, the only thing I can really nitpick is occasionally the sound mix, like the dialogue does get a bit lost. Yeah, obviously, That's like we that. spoke about with the over the intercom, yeah. with the the message. the excellent. It knows we don't need to yeah. hear it, but it would have been nice to have some extra clarity. It was the same as well when uh, Meng and the, his his friend are talking on the refugee ship. They, they mumbled a little bit, and there's the odd thing I didn't quite catch. And it's like, yeah, there's like the engine rumble as well. Yeah. That's kind of over it. It's yeah, just, just a. T- it's 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 realistic that the engine rumbles there, but it's just a touch overpowering. And, I think that's intentional. I think that's like you're supposed to feel like you're trying to struggle it here and stuff. But I don't know if that's necessarily enjoyable. As just, uh, yeah, you know. yeah, I agree. But it is a minor, minor nitpick in a sea of greatness. Uh, also, I, I love that. Uh, by the way, just one more thing. I love that. Uh, so, so Holden wants to destroy the protomolecule on Ganymede, and I love that Johnson's like, "What are we going to do? Even if we can steal another ship, get through the blockade, steal a steal a big ship to hit it with." We did that. Didn't work. We're here in this yeah. shitstorm because of it. So, yeah. Again, it's, it's the side of both sides of the conversation making sense, and neither one feels like an idiot. Yeah, they're both clearly right in what they're saying. Because, yeah, we they should destroy it, but Fred's like, yeah, but how? It's the the thinking and versus the action, isn't it? It's one's just impulses, like the, the, the moral, we have to do this, and one's the logical thinker going, yeah, but logistically, how? Yeah, and uh, maybe it's because I watched. We watched Aliens. We, we reviewed Aliens. Just uh, it's not actually up yet. It'll begin up tomorrow. But you uh, can say it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is that even enough to be sure in this case? With this, probably not. It's the pro molecule. <laughs> it, it seems to be very resilient. It, it does. It's more resilient than a cockroach. It'd be nice apparently. to see them. Tr- I mean, it'd be nice to see them try. Then again, they did try to ram an entire spe- massive spaceship into it. It so. moved. It, it can't necessarily move. <laughs> well, it can move from a nuke, but if you if you have a big like sea of nukes all hitting yeah. it at one time, maybe that's what'll happen with Fred's missiles. Ah, uh, yeah, they'll 
I'll just launch it all, yeah, because uh, they'll come out of play. There's no way we're just going to forget it. There's no way them. they don't, because especially with the way they keep reminding us as well. Mm. Every episode, they're like, hey, you've got these missiles. Yep. Yep. There you go. That is The Expanse, uh, Season 2, Episode 8. Let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen for general everyday ramblings from us uh, talk a lot about movies and comic books and shit and that kind of thing and occasionally food because food's important it's great but that is us thank you very much for watching and we will see you next time <laughs>